0: WNYC would like to issue the following disclaimer. Duplicast is not an Orphan Black recap podcast. It is an Orphan Black podcast and it does contain recaps, but also very silly things. There may or may not be spoilers, but you already knew that. Duplicast is hosted by two women from another dimension who are clones. That's it. Thank you for listening and please enjoy.
1: Welcome to Duplicast, I'm Emma Drexler. And I'm Hannah Bingham. On today's episode, we delve into the religious and moral ethics of cloning, how patent laws affect the clones, um, well, you feeling alright there? Yeah. How patent laws affect the clones in Orphan Black, and how similar intellectual property battles play out in real life. (laughs)
2: And we're also going to be presiding over a debate between Minister Cooper Gray, a religious fundamentalist, and Dr. Myron Benjamin, an atheist and professor of epigenetics.
3: Imagine this Jesus Christ, who is cloned, but is somehow divine. How could you wrap your head around such a thing? Is divinity somehow a natural quality that can then be repeated?
2: Um, Talking about the the moral and religious. I'm sorry, I'm a bit under the weather today, so uh, we're going to be getting through this as best we can.
1: (coughs) So, today we're going to talk about the religious and moral ethics of cloning. That's right. It's a big theme on the show. It's it's very big. It's a very real issue in real life, Mm -hmm. so we
2: just wanted to address it. Right, so there's a big uh, movement um, at the moment, or or I guess uh, scientific philosophy behind cloning, which is uh, that clones come from science, and so they should be giving back there are uh, obviously a, a lot of scientific experiments, therefore, done on clones. Mm-hmm.
1: In the real world, clones are just, you know, like lab rats. Yeah,
2: like a double-blind experiment.
1: They already figured out how to make us. It's not a big deal. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, it would have been in the orphan black stage. Right now, we're at the point where clones are basically perfect, Mm -hmm. and any FDA-approved drug that regular humans take, and clones when they get sick, Mm -hmm. is tested on an actual clone. Right. (laughs) It sounds really bad. (laughs) You sure you don't want a throat coat tea?
2: No, I'm fine. Thank
1: you. All right. I've got lozenges if you need them, because I don't. So that kind of brings us to the question of who owns whom. Right. On the show, Cosima finds the genetic markers in her DNA that spell out ownership by the Dyad Corporation over the clones.
2: That synthetic sequence, the barcode I told you about, it's a patent. A patent? We're property. Our, our bodies, our biology. Everything we are, everything we become, belongs to them. In
1: real life, there was a company named Myriad... And they recently isolated the breast and ovarian cancer genes and they wanted to patent them, but mm-hmm. the Supreme Court struck that down. They said, you cannot patent genetics. Patent, well, you cannot patent biology unless it is synthetic.
2: Which is why some of the later clones, you'll actually find them having things in their genetic material that are not necessarily uh, regular human DNA. You'll see younger clones with some horns or maybe a tail. Yeah. Because people object to, to humans being tested on. But actually, have you met these humans? God, these kids are really boring.
1: Yeah and but you know some people don't refer to us as humans just for the record we are humans we are human we do have rights that that we did happen to sign away you know, it's like when you're on iTunes and you just click, I agree. I heard they did get a few people that way in their iTunes. In their iTunes? Yeah. they They specifically targeted clones uh, who were using Apple products. Oh, that's clever. It's very clever.
2: And there's a lot of people saying also, oh, not a lot, but you know, you hear it. You know, clones should be in the kitchen. Clones shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be taking jobs away from regular people. Well, actually... If we're capable enough to do it and we're working hard, then I don't see the problem there, you know. Mm -hmm. I do not
1: have a job. No. I can't get a job. I've applied for every job that I could. And I can't even get a beat on how to become one of those Statue of Liberty people that stand around begging for change. Well, that's anti-clones, isn't it, really? Very much. Obviously, there's some discrimination against clones. But how... Does God factor into this?
2: Right. And we actually got a few tweets about this this month. But at Anticopy79 said, uh, you should all die. You're an abomination. And, uh, you know, it, it, we, we get a lot of these hate tweets and they say that we're an abomination of God. Well, um... we spent the last uh, few months just ignoring them because, you know, that's what we were told to do. But eventually we decided actually to have them on the show. Yeah.
1: Just to let let's hear let's hear it. You yeah. Know, what is your case against us? Why are we so terrible? It's just to lead
2: into it, there may be some strong language that mm-hmm. happens, specifically anti clone, so just if a you trigger have- warning. So now we're going to do our segment, Mirror Image, when we talk to two people on opposite sides of a debate. Today we have uh, Minister Cooper Gray, who is the founder of the Congregation of the Rising Fall, and Dr. Myron Benjamin, who is an author, speaker, and professor of epigenetics at Christ Knows College, Cambridge. Welcome, gentlemen.
3: Mm. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to be here.
1: So you two fall on opposite sides of the mirror, as we like to say here on Duplicast. Mr. Gray, you are against cloning, and Professor Benjamin, you are pro. Is that correct?
0: That is correct to say, yes. That is correct. That is the stance that I hold.
2: So, how does it feel to be in a room with two clones?
0: A little awkward to be sitting here with you two, but I look forward to this interview.
1: Professor Benjamin, Mm. uh, you are known for your myriad of books where you basically state that cloning is the future.
3: Yes, well, that is the title of my first book, Cloning is the Future, which is now, amusingly, the present. I'm in a room with two clones and one ape man who refuses to accept them.
2: Now, there's been a lot of debate in the news uh, recently about uh, clones' abilities to, uh, to do the same jobs as, as regular humans. Now, obviously, we, we believe that, that all clones are capable people. <laughs> I should hope so. But uh, we would love to hear your opinions on that. It's, it's just strange to us that um,
1: in this day and age... Female clones are still discriminated against with respect to normal male human men. They are less likely to be elected to office than non-clone men. They are discriminated against in the workplace. Uh, female mm-hmm. clones make eighty percent of what male humans do. It's just it's so it's uh, it's aggravating, and I, I'd like you to speak to that.
3: Well, first off, I apologize on behalf of all shall we call them crow magnons that seem to be living in a world where clone women are somehow not as good, are the lesser, when in fact they are superior, if anything. That we are dealing with genetic traits where, where unfavorable traits have been weeded out in advance. It, it, I find it shocking to think that anyone would consider any clone to be less than. When you, uh,
0: when you make a copy on a on a photocopier. You have the original and you make that copy and uh it's a little it's a little blurrier than the original.
3: I'm isn't sorry. Right?
1: Are you calling us copies? Oh, that is incredibly That's offensive I'm just, Very I'm just
0: offensive. calling it like I see it. I are apologize. You,
3: uh, Minister Gray, just to be clear, are you referring to modern cloning processes to be the same as a muddy Xerox? Yeah, you're the one that put the words in my mouth. I was just stating the facts as I see them. Well if I'm if I could put some more words in your mouth then I am an idiot because that is what you sound like. You're you're an idiot?
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, Professor, but to use your clunky metaphor, Mr. Gray, we are more like printouts of a digital document. We are not copies of each other. There is a
2: source. We're very different. I mean, we were raised in different ways. We we don't like the same things.
0: But physically, you're the same. Now, here's what I'm trying to say. I don't understand the digital uh, metaphor because, like I said, I'm I'm a pastor. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a, a um, someone who works for Kinko's. You
1: do not need to be an engineer or a Kinko's employee to use a computer.
0: All right. Well, I'm just a simple man of God. L- here's an example. Emphasis on the simple, it seems.
2: Okay. Uh, I feel like the tone of this debate has really come down. um it, why don't we talk for a moment about the the difference between nature and nurture because course, i I do think that that is maybe something that we can perhaps have some civilized discussion about and maybe agree on mm-hmm. okay I like that. uh so my belief uh is very is very different um uh, than, than Emma's. um I actually believe that clones are very very different because of our nurture, whereas Emma believes that we are much the same uh I think that
1: even though you might perceive differences in various clones, I do think that is just, it's just superficial. And if you ever had a conversation with that other clone, you would find that you would have more in common than
0: not. Well, you can argue that, but... i will Let me just interject here with, a, with a, an example that I can think of from my knowledge. If you have Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ arguably the greatest human being to ever exist, we can all uh, agree to that to some extent, Correct. Well, no, but I'm gonna take your point. I'm gonna take that. There was you nodded just for half a second before you said no, so I'm gonna take that as a yes. Jesus Christ, if there was a clone of Jesus Christ, he might just be Jesus with a beard and a different haircut, maybe an accent. Something like that.
1: So uh, w- what I'm gleaning from this is that you do, I think, agree with me when you say that it would just be a, a Jesus Christ but with a different beard or a haircut.
0: I do agree with that. You
2: you are against the cloning of, of, of humans on principle, but what if you could clone Jesus Christ and he could come back?
3: Yes, you, you like to pretend, Minister. Why don't you imagine that you could clone Jesus Christ and this cloned Jesus Christ had all the same divinity... As the original, what if you could clone that? Would you find that offensive? Would that somehow lessen the impact of the original Jesus Christ?
0: Now, in my opinion, you sound like someone that uh, wants to have multiple wives. And uh, d- just hold on a moment before you respond, because to me, one is enough. You only need the one Jesus Christ. Why do you-, you don't need a clone. And just like one wife is enough.
1: Now, there have been reports that members of your congregation at the Rising Fall Church have been discovered to be polygamous.
2: Yeah, we heard that, that you yourself, sir, have six different
0: wives.
3: Well, that's very interesting. It's a little different. I consider oh, them explain. to be more... I'd love you to explain how that is different.
0: Well, simple is, uh, simple is a sample. I think what it is is that uh, I have one wife and then I have a bunch of girlfriends, and that's, that's a different thing. It's in the Bible. You can check it out. I don't uh, I don't, I don't
3: think th- that particular passage is worded in the way that you've just described. Well, I'll
0: paraphrase it so uh, the modern man can understand it. You
3: paraphrased it so that you could have six wives. Yes? Is that correct? Mm, that is not correct. Mm. Well, I, I suppose we'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, so if I may respond to the assertion that I have multiple wives, which I do not. I have one, Shannon, who I am very much in love with. And I do not require more than one, unlike some people at this table. But... I will say this. Imagine this Jesus Christ who is cloned but is somehow divine. How could you wrap your head around such a thing? Is divinity then somehow a natural quality that can then be repeated? There's a lot of things about this world that are hard to explain.
2: So, Dr. Benjamin, would you yes. consider cloning Jesus Christ if it, if, if it was available to you?
3: I would love to clone. Jesus Christ. I would love to see what the fuss is about with that particular gentleman. Everyone seems to have riled themselves into into a froth over that gentleman. And I'd love to see that he was a scraggly gentleman with maybe soft-spoken way who is otherwise fairly unimpressive. Or I could be completely wrong, and he is in fact a ray of light where there was none before.
1: So you are sort of an agnostic.
3: Well, I'm a man of science before all else, so if the evidence of Jesus Christ is there staring me in the face, working miracles, then I shall change my tune. I don't expect to do such a thing, but certainly I'm open to the possibility... Uh, would you be open to the possibility of Jesus Christ not being divine?
0: Well, I think going back to our nature versus nurture discussion, he very easily could uh, be just um, a Dutch gentleman or something. It depends on how a he was Dutch raised. Dutch
3: gentleman? I mean,
0: well,
2: he- I mean, but if you believe that he's the son of God.
0: To go back to my photocopy analogy, this is a copy of a copy, Okay. If you're pulling it off of the Shroud of Turin or something. I really fingernail. do not
2: feel comfortable with you using the word copy around us. I'm sorry, sir, but it's very, well, very offensive.
0: What else do you want me to it's say? A, yeah. It's a
2: very offensive term we, You in our can community. call us clones.
0: I could call you a, a can CC.
3: Us- I could call you That's a... That is much worse. That
1: is... I'm just... Uh, we'll uh, have to edit that
3: out. <clears throat> no, Minister Gray, you have five girlfriends, is that correct? Six girlfriends. Six, all right. Not one of them is a cloned woman?
0: Not to my knowledge, statistically,
3: if, the odds are against you on that here's
0: my uh here's how I can tell that they're not clones. when I take them out to dinner and we're sitting across from each other uh, there isn't never been an instance where one of them's faces melted off or something strange like that what
3: on clones
0: 10? are often defective, and this is uh this is a scientifically proven fact they have uh health issues they their faces potentially melt off
1: <coughs> so Minister gray I think. Your views on cloning are influenced by the show Orphan Black, which our podcast is about. Mm -hmm. However, that is a sci-fi show where clones' faces haven't melted off, but they might in the future, and many of them are sick. In reality, clones are usually in perfect health, and if there is an illness, it's usually medically induced. So right now, Hannah has a cough, and that could be a side effect... Or or it could be a symptom of a disease they've uh, injected her with. We don't know.
3: <coughs> do, you, do you find yourself getting injected by strangers on a regular basis?
1: That is a very common occurrence. It mm-hmm. is to be expected. We both have monitors, just like on the show, if you've seen it. Um, yes. Except we're not nitpicky about it. Like, they're really uptight about... Yeah, it's fine. It's just like having another dad, really. Another dad, another boyfriend. Sometimes it is your dad or boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Just a man that's around us a lot.
0: I can name someone who's a man that's around us all the time and is always looking out for us.
3: But regardless of is it Superman? Is that what you,
0: who you're referring oh, Superman. to? Superman is not real. I'm talking about God.
1: All right. I have one final question for Minister Gray. Uh, how do you feel about the Prolethians on the show Orphan Black?
0: I agree uh, mostly with everything they do. Uh, I think the self flagellation aspect of what they do is, uh, is admirable. The assassination things that they do, I, I, I'm not a fan of. Right? I don't know.
1: Right? You don't know whether or not assassination is admirable? I'm confused. And sometimes it's
0: necessary.
3: When is it necessary? When you need to kill someone. Okay.
2: This episode of Duplicast was written and performed by Anna Rubinova and Siobhan Thompson, with special guests Jeremy Bent and Matt Denny. It was produced by Jen Point, Caitlin Thompson, and Paula Schumann. And we stole the musical theme from Jay Cowett's laptop while he wasn't looking. Thanks, Jay. Oh, I've been selected for a free psychic reading. How exciting.